call me an arse? I tried to, but arse autocorrects to star. <laughs> in, in American, apparently. <laughs> it looked like I was just calling you a star <laughs> for being... Like- for being woefully late. <laughs> it says star arse. I was just like, what? <laughs> There's some deep meaning there. <laughs> so much deep meaning. <laughs> it did that, and then I just was like, I because when I text, like I'm the worst uh, at like text mess ups because I just don't care a lot. And so I just text it really fast. But I sound I'm like one of those wacky moms that like talk text sometimes yes it's just like what <laughs> it's just you know what you and uh my friend jamie is also really bad at it and i i've gotten pretty good at translating yeah but one time jamie texted me portugal tonight <laughs> <laughs> and i said i was like i would love to go to portugal tonight but it feels a little less than it <laughs> I typically leave out words and then if something autocorrects it, I don't read it back again. So I just yeah. like leave it. Yeah. Those are my two big sort of things. So sometimes it'll just read like, <laughs> like I'm the Zodiac killer. Or something. <laughs> okay, it's a puzzle. You have to puzzle through. <laughs> like I want you guys to have to think when you talk to me <laughs> and not in the intellectual you gotta work for it just ciphering my my language (laughs) hey guys welcome to theology on the rocks hey welcome to theology on the rocks how are y'all doing um are y'all into nfl yet now that taylor swift's a part of it yeah how many how many new nfl fans do you need leah and i to explain football to you we can i i love all the tiktoks that are like um i watch tiktoks while i run and whenever Christy sends them to me. And so, <laughs> and so but everyone's like, all my, these are all, it's just like a bunch of like misogynistic sort of like, my wife now cares about football because of yeah. Taylor Swift. And I wanted to be like, correction. <laughs> me as a wife cares about professional football now <laughs> because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I already knew about football. And in fact, I taught a Scottish man about football too yep. so you know what's funny my oldest niece and my oldest niece is only four years younger than me because of a very large gap between my siblings and I um but she keeps sending me those same TikToks about like what people care about uh football now because of Taylor Swift but in particular because it's Kansas City and again our family I don't know if you guys heard about this but we're big Denver Bronco fans. <laughs> and don't so, talk about, don't talk about the game. <laughs> and so we, we hate Kansas city. And so she keeps sending me these things. Why like, do you hate I'm Kansas send city? These, the it's, Broncos if they're, oh, they're okay. one of our rivals. Oh, okay. okay. You just have to say Alabama and I would understand. <laughs> yeah. Same. It's, it's, it's like Alabama. But is it that yeah. your number one hate? No, that's uh, the Raiders. Now the Las Vegas Raiders, but always and forever the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but she keeps sending me them and saying things like, I'm going to send this to my dad and watch his head explode. And I'm like, Lauren, my head is exploding. I don't want you rooting for the Chiefs more than your dad doesn't want you rooting for the Chiefs. But did you, Stuart sent me a link that said that her, it may not have been his, actually, I think it was his jersey, but it was some sort of 
their paraphernalia or whatever paraphernalia yeah. makes it sound like drugs. Their bongs, but their merchandise went up 400%. Yes, 400%. it is his jersey. Yeah. 400%. I mean, look, I understand that like globally Taylor Swift is obviously the more famous person. And I also realize that she has kind of intense fans. Yeah, keep going. But I, I do feel like we need to acknowledge that it wasn't like he was a nobody before. I had no clue who that man was. You well, could have put him. Though. You don't care about the NFL. I'm well, no, like... but but Stuart was even like he was on SNL. He hosted SNL. He was. And he had a reality show. He did. A, date, a dating reality show. Again, yeah. those are spheres that I do circle in and i still had no idea who that guy was like Haven't... he's a, he's an incredibly well-known nfl player i again okay. i understand that this is like a different kind of level um but i mean i know nfl players i just didn't know him <laughs> you just and... didn't know him him and his brother have a podcast too we should try to have a crossover <laughs> i wonder if they would come on I, you know because i don't think he's got anything going on I don't think he does. I think he's pretty free right now. His brother plays um, for the Jets. And Wait. <laughs> yeah, they'll certainly come on our podcast. Is they it the Jets or is it the Eagles? I can't ever remember who his brother uh, plays for. Might want to get that fact straight before we it's... go on the podcast. <laughs> Hold on. No. Um, Jason Kelsey plays for. Are you looking Wait, this I'm up looking on the internet? Up. I'm looking it up right now. Why is it? buried underneath here I don't do you want to know while college. you're looking do you want to eagles. know it's the eagles he plays for the eagles okay I knew it was green <laughs> did you know that on their twitter they say uh the georgia eagles because they got so many of our um players from georgia <laughs> like it's like basically the whole of their defensive line and <laughs> Like uh, some of their receivers as well. <laughs> and so on their Twitter, they after the draft, they just changed because it was like an abnormal amount from one team. Like That's it was funny. like it was like <laughs> seven or eight people. And it was just like the George Eagles. Here's a fun fact that you don't know. Ooh. I my cousin by marriage played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, yep. how can we exploit that? <laughs> well, I don't want to tell the whole story because that's, that's digging up some skeletons. Ooh, but just know he he's no longer my cousin-in-law and he no longer plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we can't, but he, is what we, you're saying. I mean, probably not. You but it's a fun fact nonetheless. That is a fun fact. You know what, though? Philadelphia Eagles fans are a level of intensity that I try not to interact with on a regular basis. So it's probably. I just remember we were supposed to. Well, we did watch him on TV um, when he he got, you know, whatever drafted. I don't know whatever you call it. And (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Beethoven, get off my couch. <laughs> He's he has gone. Wait, let me finish the story first. So we, but but they're like, do you ha- put your eagle stuff on? And I'm looking around. My whole house is just red and black, and I was like, <laughs> with an occasional blue in there for the Braves. And I'm like, um, I don't have anything green. Oh, yeah. a, I was like, I do support the Celtics, but like that's but not, like quietly. 
but quietly and also I know it's it's not the same as their green. Their green is no, like a, a little bit green. like yeah, like There's aqua a bit darker. marine or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just was like, I don't know. And then I, dad, I asked my dad. <laughs> I was like, should we get some stuff? And he was like, oh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was like my first cousin so it was my aunt's uh daughter and yeah and so he he just was like low-key so the whole family had gathered and he's just like we'll see how it goes the closest (laughs) i have to this kind of a story because this is how we are we have to like i have to relate to this story i can't just let it go (laughs) i mean if you have a cousin who also was in the nfl that's fine i don't have a cousin who was also in the nfl but my my nephew was in a movie (laughs) okay so was i um (laughs) so my nephew was a cheerleader he was one of those cheerleaders that like goes to Vegas for the big competition. Oh yeah. yeah. Went to the University of Louisville for cheerleading. Hey, well done on that pronunciation. Thank you. I worked Tiger. really hard on it just for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you should have seen the effort that it took me. <laughs> um, you made your mouth like, I was like, just like, star, <laughs> like that star like star that we're talking about. Um, uh, but he um, he was so he was in the movie Bring It On number five. Oh, good lord, they <laughs> made that many. Million. <laughs> oh, wow, well, that's special. And was he like in the back? Did he get to talk at all? Or he didn't get to talk, but he was one of the like the cheerleaders, one of the main like actual cheerleaders in that movie. Yeah. So he has a lot of screen time. Oh, and he makes a lot of faces, but you don't actually get to hear him talk. Oh. Um, but our whole family was so excited about it that we all purchased the DVD. Hmm. And I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and it is a truly atrocious movie. And I, I would think so. I would. Think so. <laughs> I mean, the first one was like cult classic. Yeah. And then, but like, it went down I, I get to fa- it'd be like them making, well, they actually did Rocky Horror, which is my favorite cult classic. They made yeah. a shock treatment, which was a sequel. And oh, I didn't know it, that. Uh, well, there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> there's no amount of midnight showings. There's zero help. midnight showing for the second one. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if you have something that's like a Mean Girls or something like that, that's just like sort of a sleeper at the time, but then like becomes this like phenomenon, you got to just sort of let it, let it be that. You really need to, you need to know when to just let it be. Like, yeah, that was a great movie, and we're not gonna ruin it with five more. Five more. <laughs> oh man, it was so bad. It has some pretty racist moments. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Next time I see you, I'll make you watch it. I'll bring it to the okay. Actually, I can't, it's in Phoenix, but I'll get it from at Christmas. I'm sure and I'll bring we it can up for find Christmas. it on the 8,000 streaming I'm, services. The 8,000 has. <laughs> I'm sure. Tell Stuart to look it up. Stuart, <laughs> look up this movie. Stuart, oh wait, he's not with the dark. With the dark. <laughs> Stuart, come back here and fix this for us. If you want to know what it's like to go on vacation with Christy and I, if Stuart happens to be there, it's just that. It's what you it is. <laughs> what is in this work? Get in the night. <laughs> Help us find this. Why are we so sunburned? Um, you know what my students told me today, which is uh 
gonna blow your mind. I find that unlikely, but they said that my class they said that my class is very calm and that I have a very calm demeanor. That's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have a lot of adjectives for you, Christy, but I don't know that calm comes to mind. I was like, they were talking about another professor and the one one of them said that they want to be in the middle of that professor and me. And I was like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, like in a weird sexy way? <laughs> no, like, like as a person, they want to fall somewhere. Oh, the other professor <laughs> they said is like, she's really funny and chaotic and she's kind of all over the place. And they were like, I want to be somewhere between her and you, like in the middle of that. And I was like, what? what are you saying right now? And the one said, you're not boring. And I was like, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and then they said, your class is just very calm. And I was like, that is not accurate. <laughs> well, it's probably because you have, I do know this from when I started teaching to where I ended up teaching is there is a level of confidence that well, yeah. you get. Like now- also- I think what they're just noticing is that I'm organized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which listeners, you, know what you're talking you about. don't know this about me, but I can organize things. <laughs> She's more organized than me. You hear this and you're like, Leah's the oldest child and sort of the cranky type A. Christy is the youngest child and free thinking and flowing. Free-spirited now. Free spirit. But it's actually sometimes the opposite. I'll, she'll be like, what do you want to talk about? I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> I let's just let's, just, like, let's, let's figure it out while we're recording. Let's, just, let's let her let's let, let it ride. <laughs> and Christy's like, let's not do that. Let's, <laughs> let's at least come up with a thought. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of today, firstly, we decided to give this vermouth thing a second go. We're gonna try it again because we got a lot of feelings. We got a lot of feedback about how we had done it wrong. <laughs> no we didn't do it wrong we well, just who said we we did it right we just it just was gross felt like oh did that. we not give it the flare it needed more flare it needed more flare and apparently the measurements were off or you really have to know how to make a negroni you can't just kind of wing it is one of them. Oh, that, <laughs> that was probably the first problem that was probably the first problem. and the last problem <laughs> i looked so, on the internet and i saw something but that's probably not right you know, I also looked on the internet for this one too so. <laughs> well I was gonna say it's not like we do a lot of research for these drinks we're really just flying by the seat of our pants here so. I know we probably should just be taking shots of gin at this probably. stage <laughs> but yeah so we made martinis this time we're gonna do martinis we're gonna gin, have a redem- redemption tour gin, gin and vermouth mm-hmm. and none of that campari nonsense so, cheers. Are you ready? Do you have your- um, No, I didn't make it yet. What the frick? Go make your drink. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get a little... Also, it said a little bit of a citrus thing, so I'm getting my citrus out. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really exciting. But also, it said... <laughs> I will say about the classroom thing is that also, I sounded so crazy in those earphones last week. Why didn't you tell me? It was ridiculous. <laughs> You know what? You sounded better while we were doing it. And I listened back and I was like, oh, no, that was terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So really but, sorry, guys. So sorry, guys. But, you know, can't go back. 
There's some things you can't go back on. We can't recreate like the moment. Baby, babies and podcasting. <laughs> you can't go back. Roller coasters, babies, and podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, also, we don't have the money to go back. So, I saw that there was two parts gin, one part vermouth, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, that's what the internet said, anyway. Um, so, Christy, I'm all, I'm going to make this, and I'm going to tell you, I'm all decorated for Halloween. I know, you did a good job. We got, we'll have to put pictures up of your house. Maybe disguising where you live, just in case we have stalkers, but... I don't care. I have a big dog. You do have a big dog. <laughs> I have an alarm system and a big dog. So make it, and police grade mace. So if you make it past all that, <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> you did you guys did a great job on your house. Mine is decorated, but not nearly to the extent. But that's also because I live in an apartment. Yeah, and some I think you're more Christmas because you get the big I am a little bit more Christmassy. Yeah, yeah. I have an extensive amount of Christmas decorations. Only a few Halloween decorations. Do you decorate for anything else? Like Halloween and Christmas, but do you do any other holidays? Do I decorate for any other holidays? Yeah. Uh, That's a great question. Let me think. Um, uh, (laughs) I don't think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. I put out a couple of things around Easter. I have like this um, vintage Easter egg music box thing that my, it was my grandma's, I think. And that's the only thing I had for Easter. So I bought a couple of bunnies to sit next to it. But like, that's it. <laughs> also, I got saw on the internet, you're supposed to stir, not shake. Mr. Bond. Oh. So I'm stirring, not shaking. I stirred it. Yeah. Because I was too lazy to get out the shaker. It was just. <laughs> also, in my infinite research of about 30 minutes, I discovered that you are. The reason that you drink it out of the martini glasses is because this could be not true, guys. I read it on one website. So that's my referencing. <laughs> that because you're not supposed to get it warm from your face. Oh, Yeah. I know the the types of glasses that you're supposed to use are so fascinating to me because it has so much to do with like body heat and not ruining aspects of the drink. Like, I will say those people who are big into the cocktails that messaged us and said we want to make you a Negroni, we are very grateful because we yeah. don't we don't do that. It's not our thing. Well, and also, you know what? We will give them another tribe made by somebody else. We just, yeah, maybe pre-made. Maybe a pre-made one again. We'll go to a bar. We'll ask them. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll ask a professional bartender to make it for us. <laughs> we'll have a bartender make it for us instead of us just randomly throwing things together. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Um, okay, I've made my drink now. Okay. It's a lot of alcohol. It is, again, a lot of alcohol. What are you, you people who like these drinks? We have not had as fierce a response as per the Negroni from multiples of so and many people. It's apparently I think you popular. guys, are, our audience is, is into these strong drinks, I think. Yeah. Well, it is our audience. It makes sense. It is. And we love you. <laughs> we love you for it. Yes. All right. All right. Go. Here's... I'm a little nervous about this one. <laughs> oh. 
yeah, that's much better. Um, yeah, it's really good. It burned, it burned my nose hairs when I went in. <laughs> Did it do that for you? There is a I'm bit gonna... of, it, it's like so much alcohol. <laughs> I'm going to put more lime in that. I think. <laughs> or lemon rather. Oh, um, is it, did you use the sweet vermouth again? Because I used the dry. I did. Well, because I only have the sweet vermouth, but I saw how to make a sweet vermouth martini and I have a maraschino cherry in mine, oh. which I think is, is exciting. I, I have always wanted to be a martini person. It just sounds classy, but I never really understood the olive thing. I was freaked out by the olive. I, one thing I will say, audience members, that we can collectively say is we both don't like olives. So Olives are disgusting. The olive so. thing may not happen on the show for that reason. <laughs> I put more lime in it. Let me see. Is it better this time? But yeah, I was excited about the sweet the sweet martini because... It oh, it is better, actually. With oh, more good. Of the... Good. Yeah. I think it needs... Oh, God, the heartburn. Yeah, it's going to burn for a bit. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh. We're going to need to take some Pepsi later. <laughs> oh, gosh. My chest hurts. I wish you could see me. I'm just, like, clutching my chest. Uh, like like the I'm first like... time my friend had scotch, and she was like, why is it warm right here? It just kept pointing, like, to her esophagus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, well, you and I both do that when we resolve ourselves that this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> we both just went, Well, well, this is it. This is what's happening this is now. Life now. This is life now. <laughs> That's that PhD stubbornness coming out. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> it was such a teacher response. Well, that's us now. So. <laughs> <Continue on. laughs> oh, this is gonna go downhill. So, so fast. <laughs> oh goodness uh, all right so leah tell us what we're talking about today christy okay uh can you tell me first who the number one team in the country is <laughs> i can't because <laughs> <laughs> it went into my nose oh, <laughs> oh no oh no you just, is there anything left up there there's burning no hair <laughs> um, okay, i'm putting a sweater on because it's Finally fall in North Carolina. Finally. Oh, what is fall? <laughs> I don't know, Florida. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't um, know. No, Leah, because you know what? As much as I, well, I'm glad that it's Georgia and not another state. Um, but She I, says through pursed lips. I don't feel like you guys were the best team last week. We, so. we were, but. I've explained many factors and you don't, you refuse to listen to them. You just I keep saying that's why everyone hates the SEC and I can't help you with that. I just don't agree with them. I don't. <laughs> I, I also didn't agree with them either, but I am going to accept it because if they put the Broncos number one, you wouldn't be like, you know what guys? <laughs> ethically, ethically, I don't believe. <laughs> so I don't think this is the best way to understand. You, no. you would be like, Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Every day, all day, I'd be like, take yeah. the money and run. And that's <laughs> this is accurate. Yeah. Pray, pray for next week. So I saw there was a couple things. One was that I was looking at a syllabus that was um, for 
when I first came into the university that I previously worked at, it was uh, very, it was, it's a historically Methodist school, but they cut ties a long time ago mm-hmm. and they had a, they had a class called spiritual formation and it was a gen ed class. You couldn't even say it. <laughs> spiritual formation. I know. Well, you guys knew now here's the deal. Again, you've heard my thoughts on this. I think it's very practical very systematic in one thing and I admire people who teach it. Yeah. However, to 18 year old people of different traditions in a gen ed class, that's a tougher sell. That is a tough sell. Yeah. So we're not wrong. So I looked at it and I sort of and it was stuff like like (laughs) my predecessor was one of those that was just like about to retire. Mm-hmm. and just didn't care and there was, it was like light a candle and gather everyone around and I'm like I'm not sure we can have candles in class <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't give no shit well, she was just like tell me to go and I'll retire a year early so um well, I can't wait for that that opportunity but anyway yeah. um so I'm I changed be amazing it. in my late years oh my gosh I already feel like I'm there, you know, like you talked about your calm classroom. It's like where they walk in and they're like, do we really have to do this? I'm like, this, this is not a democracy. <laughs> this is a cheerocracy. <laughs> this is, I say I'm a benevolent dictator. That's what I tell you. <laughs> I said, this isn't really up for discussion. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm going to get to the, this is already hitting me hard. Oh God. It's strong. It's strong. So um, I changed it to spiritual practices of the world religions. Um, and I messed with it to where we looked at different sort of categories that different world religions kind of shared. So things like sacred sites or sacred texts or, um, you know, uh, mystics, you know, that kind of thing. So, so what we did was we looked at these categories and then we'd look at what different religions, how they explain them basically or you know whatever um one of the categories was pilgrimage and then i was looking at that and then i saw another podcast that we are friends with and they were talking about some sort of journey and Uh i was like hmm that could be kind of kind of fun to talk about the idea of pilgrimage like and because i think especially like when it starts to get full, I start to think a lot more about Scotland. And I think Scotland yeah. was you and I's sort of, I don't think so much about it in the summer when I'm just <laughs> no. wetting profusely. But once I put that long sleeve on, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cozy. Um, and I think it was, Scotland was kind of a pilgrimage for both of us in different yes. ways. But I thought that yeah, would be a fun sure. sort of topic to, to talk about. I think, too, it's interesting um, the way that pilgrimage can mean different things to different people mm-hmm. um, and how, especially depending on your tradition, um, the kinds of pilgrimages that you could go on or, um, you know, things that are more officially recognized as pilgrimages versus something yeah. that more, you know, uh, personal understanding of pilgrimage Um, because I think with growing up in in evangelical circles, there was always this kind of idea that if you were going to go on a pilgrimage, it was going to be to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And this idea that we have to go and like see where 
Jesus walked or, or something. And, um, to be completely honest, I've just never been interested in doing that. That wasn't something that ever, like, not that I'm like, I don't want to go there. I'll go anywhere. <laughs> I like, I you like, heard, you heard it here first listeners. If you want to fund our traveling to yeah, the, wine, like, the wine country, <laughs> send me wherever I, I, you know, I'll, I'll do it. It's, it's great. But like, it's just not one, been one of those places that's been like, a call, you know, like yeah. there's places that kind of call to you. And, yeah. it and I, the amount of guilt that I felt for that, especially when I was in seminary, because people would talk about it a lot, like, Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? And there are always seminary trips to Israel or um, sometimes Greece, which was a little bit more appealing to me, but for entirely wrong reasons, I just wanted to go for the Greek mythology and like all yeah. of the, like Greek stuff. I didn't, really want to go on the like Paul journey. Um, <laughs> you don't want to go to all of the, the churches that are basically stone ruins and Corinth and all of this. No, places. I'm like, take me to the temples. Like <laughs> take me to the, take me the to God of wine. What is uh, uh, Bacchus? Bacchus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go there. Yeah. Like I, I went the first time I went to um, Athens and I went to the Parthenon. I cried. It was, very kind mm-hmm. of but it was because of you know like connections that I have to Greek mythology not not <laughs> um overtly religious ones and so but like, yeah, I and then someone punched her in the face yes yeah, so, well something that, and then we there was a and then there was a man who took a rock oh my god he got in so much trouble he like picked up a rock and this lady immediately was like put that down you're gonna be arrested so fyi do not try to take a rock from just a rock off the ground or like a rock off the thing it was like uh, off the ground and it probably was like well i don't know i didn't i wasn't close enough to see it so i don't know what kind of rock it was but um i mean just did she think that they were gonna they're gonna put it back together (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense you can't keep taking pieces of ancient stuff if we all try to take it it'd be gone you know but like well i probably got it immediately it was like oh man i really because i went when i went to germany they were getting on to people for selling pieces of the berlin wall and i was just like guys would it's it's torn down <laughs> don't know, you're gonna put it back together i don't that know it feels okay we can we can go ahead and let that one be well I, I bought a piece of it <laughs> that's, that's actually thank i think you. my brother has a piece of it too so thank you for affirming me but also but, i mean like take a chunk for like history and for like the museums but like i mean yeah yeah no i just yeah it was um so yeah I, i've always felt a kind of the sense of guilt about um not wanting to go on this kind of official pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Um, but as, you know, as I've kind of been farther into my studies and stuff, I realized that my pilgrimages weren't ever going to be to Jerusalem, but that's not where it is for me and for you too. Um, like how we understand those. Yeah. And, and some of the like background, I guess on, at least religious pilgrimages. And just again, to, to clarify, pilgrimages are usually where one leaves. I'm trying to make a very generalized definition. I'm not looking at anything. So where one leaves the safety of one's comfort uh, and ventures out into somewhere new 
in order to pursue some sort of spiritual, um, you know, spirituality, I guess. I mean, spiritual awakening or spiritual fulfillment or, you know, maybe just to learn a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think there's some education there, too, because I did do the Jerusalem thing. Um, But mine was really more about. I don't think I had some sort of spiritual awakening, like, oh, my gosh, Jesus was here or anything like that. I think mine was more when I read the text or someone talks about the text, I can see the places in my head. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, I like yeah, that. Absolutely. It's like, it gives it more. It's it's grounded a little bit for yeah. this little baby practical theologian. It makes me happy. But <laughs> we, we, like, we had a thing. And y'all maybe had it at... Um, Den- you went to Denver Seminary, right? I did. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it was called METS, Middle Eastern Travel Seminar. I don't know if y'all had it, but basically it was this, it was the guy who owns or the Coca-Cola balling company. And he basically like funded for many, many years, seminary students to be able to go with. Yes. Across yep. the different um, seminaries, and it was you know select seminaries, but there's there were pretty elite seminaries, I would say. Luckily, yep. I was based out of Atlanta, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is the home of Coca Cola. <laughs> so I, that was that was helpful. But I'm pretty sure this this sounds vaguely familiar. Again, I didn't do it, so I'm I I I don't know you, if it you had is. to like try not try out. That makes it sound like got to like sing <laughs> you had a to, song like apply. Or, yeah. yeah, you had to apply for it, and then you got interviewed by people, and oh, like wow. they would, yeah, it was, it was intense. And then, um, because it was free, oh, you okay. paid for everything. You you paid for nothing, not yeah. a single thing. If you didn't, I mean, you could if you wanted to buy something, but like you could go there and have spent no money if you wanted to. And so we, I went in two thousand and five. I think was my year. And I applied and they basically, it's sort of like theology, the real world, if you were 90s person, because they essentially like put you in groups to try. The idea, I think, was to try to get people from different seminaries to talk to each other. So you have people from like Harvard Seminary and Princeton Seminary and Mercer and Emory, I think, got a buy because we were in Atlanta. And then you had um, I Southern Seminary. So it's like the Southern Baptist, uh-huh. uh, and <clears throat> which is located in Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Indeed, indeed, it is Christy. Um, so yeah, Just so I didn't know if Denver was one of those participants, but yeah, we we went to Israel, Palestine, uh, Syria. We flew into Damascus, which is kind of nuts, and uh, Jordan, Lebanon. Greece, Egypt. Okay. And we went with two, the people who were leading us were, were archaeologists. They were professors of archaeology. Mm-hmm. So they were yeah. from Harvard and somewhere else. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Harvard. There's that, that guy at Dallas uh, Theological Seminary that's kind of big into the archaeological aspects, I think. Um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but um, no, it wasn't I, like archaeology. Like Jesus really did. <laughs> no, it was like sleep underneath the street or something. Like it was, it was like here's where something stood. Or like yeah. when we went to Palestine, they were like, "Hey, look, we're in Jericho, 
And then someone was like, hey, there's that wall. And they were like, yeah. And the <laughs> student was like, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> it's supposed to be gone. <laughs> um, I do remember in seminary when I took an Old Testament class, um, my professor was very, again, very kind of specifically focusing on the different archaeology to help us to ground the text and to have more context in it and to understand a bit better what we were talking about, what we were yeah. seeing. Um, and it was super, super helpful. And so I totally understand that concept of going and experiencing all of that. And again, it's not that I would like refuse to go if I was presented the opportunity. Um, but in light of like... Yes, I, yes, you would. You'd be like, I'm not going. I'm absolutely not. not. <laughs> um, but in, in a kind of more of like what you were saying, this idea of leaving... Um, and going to do something that kind of connects the spiritual aspects of your faith or your journey or what have you. Um, Israel was just never the thing that was that for me, but I felt yeah. like it was much more something I discovered when I was in the UK, Scotland um, in particular, but also with Ireland and that there was a kind of, um, spiritual experience of moving around um and experiencing these places that had this history and this very different understanding of what it meant to be christian um so that i was kind of breaking out of that very specifically american evangelical worldview experiencing all of this different aspects, but also like just, I mean, just there's a presence, um, a historical presence that you get when you're walking around these places that um, I felt like was, a, was one of those kind of pilgrimage ideas for me. Like I remember having that the first time I went to Ireland and just walking around and, and feeling like you're seeing these ancient castles. I don't know whose castle that is. I have no connection to that castle, but like, Saint, it's St. Patrick. It's St. Patrick. <laughs> They're all about St. Patrick. Um, but like to think about there have been people here for ages. Or um, I think too about my friend and I went to see Stonehenge um, oh, one yeah. time. And Stonehenge is so much cooler than I expected it to be. I yes. really thought it was going to be a tourist trap. And it is not. It is so amazing. It's too far out to be a tourist trip. <laughs> it really is. You have to get on like a bus, don't you? You have to I take remember. a bus. Yeah. But we did one of those bus tours. It's like a small bus tour, um, which uh -huh. I'm obsessed with in general, bus tours. But um, these bus tours, they like, so they would do a few different stops. And the one we did that day, I went to Stonehenge. And then we went to a second stone circle in Avebury. And the Avebury Stone Circle was um, much less well-preserved. And you can actually walk up and touch the stones and, like, walk around them and stuff instead of it being kind of roped off like it is at Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. And there were very few people. We went early enough in the day that both Stonehenge and Avebury were both kind of, um, like, empty. And so it was just the people on our bus tour. And, our, and it was a small bus, so it was, like, at, at maximum 10 people. Um, and we were walking around in Avery and um, my friend and I were both commenting on how it was like you could almost feel a different difference in the air. Like there was because there have been people doing different kinds of worship in this place 
for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And there's just some kind of sense of that connection when you're walking around it. Mind you, her husband, who is very Bartian, disagrees with us entirely. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> um, but like the destroyer of joy. <laughs> he was like, no, there are no ghosts. And I was like, not ghosts, but like... <laughs> You know, reverence doesn't mean there's just floating <laughs> around everywhere. And then you touched it and you both got zapped to got zapped. the 1500s and met handsome Scottish met Incredibly handsome Sam Hewn, um, <laughs> <laughs> who I, I have met briefly. But um, um, what? He, yeah, he in Glasgow because, you know, they filmed um, just near there and he lives in Glasgow and I was in Ashton Lane and he was walking by and I gave him the weirdest look because I could like vaguely recognize him, but he wasn't all dressed up like Jamie. And so I was just like, I would think that's not his (laughs) (laughs) go-to. I was like, who is this man? Why does he look so familiar? So I was like staring at him like that. And then he just smirked at me and like nodded and kept going. And right after he passed me, I was like, Oh no. (laughs) I know. I did that with I did that with Scott from Fright and Rabbit in Glasgow as well. If you guys know Fright and Rabbit, oh. they're one of my favorite bands. And I I was with our friend Meg, our mutual friend Meg, and we were eating at the same place. And keep in mind, this is not like John Lennon. Like this is just you know, it's <laughs> right. He's not like wildly famous. Yeah, not even a little bit. Like I'm, su- I'd be surprised if someone here knew. But like, you know, uh. He was across the room and I had met him before at like a fundraiser and I swear I lost everything that I had inside of me. Like I just (laughs) talk about a spiritual experience. I saw that man and I must have just stared at him and Meg was like, you've already met him. Just go. I bought him a drink. I was the last time. And she was like, you just just go talk to him. And I was like, it is not that simple. I mean, we were in like a cafe. Chris, how I felt. It was not that like crowded. And at some stage, I think he saw that I was staring at him and he like looked back at, at me and was just like friendly stare, <laughs> yeah. like not even a smirk. It was just like, <laughs> oh, you're like a generally unweird looking 30 something. Right. <laughs> like you can come talk to me. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I had two very brief interactions with Nate Roos, who was the lead singer of oh, Fun yeah. and the format, <laughs> my favorite band. <laughs> and he is same. It, they were small little venues. He's he wasn't like wildly famous at the time. I have a picture with him, but like it was like I left my body, like my soul left my body, <laughs> and I could not function. And my best friend Jen was like far more functional, which is not how our relationship usually goes. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to ask him for a picture. And I was like, ah! and they have a picture and there yeah, is a maybe. picture that is probably one of Christie's sacred objects. <laughs> she's going to want to be buried with that picture. We'll put it up on the internet. We will. Yeah. I don't have a picture with Scott Hutchinson because, um, because you, I never went up there. to him. And the first time I didn't get, take a picture because it was kind of pre that era. Yeah. You didn't really. I had. I, I think I had like one of those fake uh, blackberries. <laughs> so well, were, yeah. I mean, you the were just like we have with, with Nate is on a digital camera. Like we had to have <laughs> that picture for us. <laughs> and it, I imagine too that it took so long 
because like now you can just sort of snap it but you can't i know you had to like pose and and he was like obviously like trying to go up and sing (laughs) and there you're like no we got a picture but you know um so that's actually a good point though because christy and i both share an intense love for music we have different tastes Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> there's oh, there, different there's some overlap there's a, there's some overlap there is <laughs> there is there's some very distinct branches to <laughs> um as you'll see at beer camp fyi coming up soon beer camp yes. Two um, weeks till beer camp yeah i've got my karaoke song ready but have i uh, you had a concert that you would consider kind of a pilgrimage that you like you went somewhere kind of maybe outside your normal realm and had some sort of experience um yes i would say i have and i would i would say that it's actually not infrequent i think that there are two things where i can tell that that like these two aspects of life tap into that kind of spirituality for me more than other things one is obviously literature, which is why I wanted to do it with theology. But the other is concerts. Um, one of the best ones is actually I went in Glasgow. Um, I went by myself because no one would go with me to see <laughs> Beyonce and Jay-Z at Hamburg. Mm. And it totally was... icons in, their, in themselves. So Yeah, and it was an amazing concert. It was, it was mind blowing. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to, but also like the act of getting there and then the act of getting home were both very intense experiences. I'm sure. Um, was it at the Armadillo? <laughs> um, no, it was at uh, Hampton. Hampton Park. Hampton yeah. Park. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's not easily accessible. No, no. Um, and because it's a concert, and also, if you don't know this about the UK, the buses shut down really early. Uh, the UK has a curfew, apparently, and that curfew is earlier than I wish it was. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to have a couple of late buses for the concert, but it ended up not working out. And so, uh, as and I didn't have any service in the stadium. And I didn't have any service for probably 10 minutes walking out of it. So I was having a hard time remembering how to get back to the bus I needed and I couldn't use my GPS. So I was kind of wandering, like following crowds. And um, by the way, this martini is literally making my nose run because it's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm sniffing, I have, to take, I'm, like, I have to take like little sips periodically while like, you're talking so I'm, that I don't die yeah I'm like there's part of me dying right now um but I kind of followed the crowd I ended up having to walk um through Govan like after midnight by myself which which is not a great part of Glasgow it's not a great part of Glasgow and um hope they were worth it (laughs) so it was one of those times where you like you're having this experience and then you have to get home and it's hard and scary honestly it was really scary um and (laughs) there are moments of like if I die this way (laughs) yeah is it okay am I okay with this being my final thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you're like well 
Yeah. I was. I was like, yeah, you know, at least it's, I'm going out on a high note. <laughs> what about I think, you? I, I think mine would be, I had, I had a big one where I was very ecstatic and also went on a journey to London to see Taylor Swift because Stuart got me tickets and surprised me. And that was the big thing whatever we're gonna shelf that (laughs) this this was a different one so uh you'll know if you read my little survey that neutral milk hotel is my favorite band they are from athens georgia they came out with uh two albums of particular length um on avery on avery island something about avery island was the first one I didn't really get that into that one, but then in the airplane over the sea, which a lot of people say is one of the greatest albums of all time. I would also agree with that. <laughs> a lot of people say that. Yeah. A lot of people do. Frightened Rabbit actually, uh, Scott had the cover tattooed on his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they were pl- one of the things <laughs> you sound like you're dying. You sound like you're dying. It's so bad. <laughs> Christy, I have made no dent in this drink. I, mean, I am. I stick my tongue in it. It's sometimes. not bad. It's just. It's not so strong. Bad. It's it, like drinking lighter fuel. It truly is. I feel like I'm on an episode of Mad Men, and that I'm in that I need a cigarette, and I don't. Mad Men makes smoke. so much more sense right now. I know they were wasted. <laughs> They're like. Cigarettes are fine. Cigarettes like, are fine. These our are fine. are on fire. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, cigarettes kill your lungs. Well, look at my stomach contents right now. <laughs> I I'm literally just touching it with my tongue periodically and hoping that some transfer will be made because it's a lot. <laughs> um. So I, so one of the things that happened with um Neutral Milk Hotel as the store as the mythology goes is that the lead singer had um, pretty severe mental health issues and um, basically made this album that everyone was like, oh my gosh, and then just faded out. Like, just, so this is the myth. I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but they said he was like working at a Krispy Kreme in like Athens, Georgia. (laughs) But Athens, he's from Georgia, from that area. And so is Michael Stipe, who is, from REM fame uh-huh. who was getting together a group of people he had uh dinosaur jr if you know them they were from athens it was like this collective that he yeah. was coming and he and he was basically like where's this guy that made this album that some people say is maybe the greatest album of all time and they're like oh he's up at the old Krispy cream over there <laughs> if you want to go <laughs> um and so as the as the tale goes, he went in and got him. And so one of the things uh, that was cool about this is that, well, it's it was important. I should say cool is probably not the right word. Important for me was he came. They toured the UK, uh-huh. and they came to Manchester and to Edinburgh. And I remember it, that was like relatively close to me at the time. I was living in Edinburgh, and I was like, if I don't see him now, I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to keep doing this just for his own health. Like, you know, like I I don't know where he's at because like he made that album and then poof, he was gone. Right. That was it for years and years and years. I mean, that was the nineties and I saw them in like 2000 and like probably like 15. So from that time period, I mean, they probably did stuff here and there, but like 
this was like a proper tour. So I went to Manchester, uh, England, and he was playing in a church. And oh, it wow. was a, yeah, it was an old church that had made, been made into a venue. And Stuart, my husband and I went and Stuart didn't know any of their songs. And, but I mean, it's not hard. There's only like two main albums. So <laughs> you can learn them pretty fast, but they played and there's like, a, like eight of them or nine of them in the band, but they played and there was probably only, I would say maybe 70 or 80 people in, in the venue at most, maybe uh-huh. less than that. But people looked like they were having a religious experience. Yeah. Like it was hand on the hearts, like singing. It was, you know, I, you and I always teach about things that are religious that are not maybe conventionally religious and people debate uh-huh. about that. And they're like, well, God's not really our, you know, it's not really religion because, you know, sports can't be a blah. And that's right. fine. I don't mind that sort of debate. I think yeah. it's interesting. But this legit felt like, like we were in heaven or yeah. something. Like it was like <laughs> people were putting their hands up in the air. Like we were at some sort yeah. of like, well, evangelical thing. Yeah. I mean, that's such an interesting conversation too, because I know that there's a lot of kind of pushback on how music can manipulate you into these spiritual experiences. Yeah. Um, But I also feel like it's not necessarily always manipulation. I think sometimes music and art in general can tap into a part of us that just talking or reading books or whatever doesn't necessarily do. And so, yeah, you go to the concerts and sometimes it's just hitting in those right ways. And it does. It like elevates this spiritual side of life and emotions and um, well, and it's why the psychology of religion exists like i yeah. mean you know that these sort of things that hit our brains in certain ways they they look at that and i'm with you i don't necessarily think it is manipulation i think it's just like anything else you know when i drink a gatorade it hits my brain and suddenly i feel like i can live again <laughs> <laughs> you know so I think it's one of those things that we do it every, every you know, if I drink yeah. coffee, all of a sudden I feel like life is not going to suck as yeah, bad. As life is not so terrible. We can manage. Yeah. We can do this, right? <laughs> if I put my tongue on this martini and I regret all of my choices <laughs> in my brain. So I think that one of the things is that the psychology people, the science and religion people look is, yeah, these things, but you know, they've been singing, we've been singing and dancing and religions from the beginning indigenous you know religions use that yeah yeah it's been part of it and so i think you know if it does if it's one of those things that sort of helps i think it's you know i certainly yeah it's a couple full circle too i think because like we're talking about pilgrimages um in general and like how how do we figure out ways to experience a more spiritual or tap into those elements of kind of spirituality that is going to be different from what we do in just our day-to-day lives, you know? And sometimes that requires us to leave and go and like do those walks, you know, in, in Spain or um, to go to a significant place. And sometimes it just means that we go experience a concert or a, an event of some kind that that's also hitting those, like those, it's all the same concept. You're trying to, connect more 
mm-hmm. into this thing and you're doing it by doing a thing that's outside of your day-to-day yeah. activity. And that's why I do like the spiritual formation classes. I say it's not my, my specialty, but I still enjoy them because I like yeah. the idea that there is like the psychology elements to it, like closing your eyes. Like what uh-huh. is it about closing your eyes? What is it about hearing a song? You know, and it is, or going out on a journey yeah or smells like lighting a candle or or having incense or whatever how does that I think it's to get you out of yourself for a minute and just like shock you out of your own sort of I know when I'm watching a show or something that's gonna hit me one because I pause it a million times to tell Stuart the religion stuff behind it (laughs) but also it was was a long journey to get through Star Wars let me tell you (laughs) But we're so um, fun to watch movies with. <laughs> I love it too. You, that's why yeah. you and I are friends. But <laughs> to find out people who are not into it don't think that that's quite as fun to stop it every five seconds. So, but I mean, yeah, like that kind of thing. And I will say, in terms of the actual pilgrimages, like, yes, you talked about Jerusalem, which is a big pilgrimage site for Christians and Jews. You've got the Wailing Wall and uh-huh. uh, the. Uh, Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is uh, where Jesus was, again, supposedly crucified. There's one of the things that is that kind of annoyed me is that everywhere that I went, it felt like in my brain that um, was sacred to Christians. They had put a church on top of it. Yeah. (laughs) Just like stuck a church like Mount of Olives. Just stuck a church on it. (laughs) Bethlehem stuck a church. Although I will say, if you go to Bethlehem and you go in that church, they have Christmas decorations. <laughs> it's kind of awesome, That's actually. Amazing. Yeah. But one of the churches that I didn't mind, I mean, I don't mind churches in general, but it just was like, it, you know, you, you build a building on these places. But like, um, was the, again, I talked about this, the Garden of Gethsemane. And I think the reason that it hit me different than some of the other places that I went. I mean, Bethlehem was amazing. They're like, this is maybe where Jesus was born. Right. And it's like a stone thing. And it's like, right. okay, well, maybe, maybe, um, maybe so. Um, but anyway, but for me, this, they, they, the archeologists were like, this garden has been here for like a long time. Like, right. and it's always been called Gethsemane. Yeah. Um, is it the real one? Yeah. We don't know, but, you know, it's, it's probably a firm bet that it's, yeah. cause it's just this little park. Right. With these trees. And, but there's a church right beside it because, you know, they can't put the church on top of the trees. So there is one adjacent to the trees <laughs> and, um, but it, you walk in and it's dead quiet and it's dark. Oh, okay. And yeah. if you look out the windows, all the stained glass are the trees that are very like kind of spindly looking almost like Halloween trees. Yeah. That's all the stained glass. And there's like a single candle like lit. And then there are people in there praying and stuff and you can go in and there's services I'm sure. But like on the day to day, it's just completely dark. Yeah. And it was just really like moody, I think. And it was one of those, those stories that I had in my head, you know, when you heard Bible stories growing up, I think I was always particularly fascinated by the Garden of Gethsemane because the idea that you've got these people who've watched you do all these miracles and like, you know, you're having a bit of a rough time. You haven't asked much from them except to kind of go on your journey with you. But like, 
And all you say is, can you please stay awake? <laughs> and then they all fall asleep. <laughs> and they all fall asleep. And, and I had this. Why? Right? Yeah. And I'm just like, could not one of you? Like, there's like 12 of you. Right. Like, take shifts. <laughs> take shifts. Plan this out. It's our, right. it's, it's our brother's last night. Like, come yeah. on. So, um. I think in my head, especially when I was a teenager, I had like this vision of what that garden looked like and it matched it. Oh, it was only, yeah, it was the only thing that kind of matched it. Yeah. And then when I went in that church, it was just so like solemn Uh and dark. And you, the stained glass, and you could see the trees from the park, from the garden coming through too. And it was just, it was very creepy. But I, I really liked that, that part of the, that that's journey. really cool yeah I think I just think there's something to be said about going to places that have had this kind of spiritual significance for a long time because I think that even if we're not saying like there's actual spirits present or something like there's still a I hate to use this word I feel like it's been ruined by the youth but there's a vibe <laughs> <laughs> we're well, just embracing it now it's fine <laughs> there's a vibe that's going on in that like the earth holds on to what's been happening in that spot for so long mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can feel it, you know, you can uh, kind of tune into it in a way. Um, and it does remind us to get out of some of the rational stuff. I think, especially for those of us who, who operate a little bit more out of our brains that, than our hearts that would be me <laughs> same yeah um you know and, and we have to have like explanations or everything needs to be rationally understood or whatever and to have ways to be able to let go of that and say that like for instance um, are those your are those your children those are the can you hear them they're so loud they're yeah. just children outside playing and penny is like she about to go off. She's like, I'm, I'm holding her, but she's like aware. She's the, like the trigger. The trigger is set. The trigger has been set. <laughs> um, but she, you know, like uh, Heather Walton says, sometimes like there's there. I'm not gonna get this right, but that sometimes we have wounds that don't need words. It needs like silence or it needs mm. explaining um, in different ways. The ways that we can understand stuff without having just like a list of facts you know and that comes in through these kind of situations this kind of experiencing of what's being held in a place or a song or a smell or whatever the tapping into those other senses that we don't always give credit to and I think it's important we remember to do that stuff yeah and I think Catholics are far better at it like yeah, they, the higher churches do a good job of it. Yeah. Cuz yeah. they do they do the more experiential stuff anyway in their services. Protestants, I think we're taught to sort of keep quiet and just listen. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless you're in a Pentecostal sort of yeah, you know, whatever church. I mean, there's a reason they call them the Frozen Chosen, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I think but I think I carry that with me in a way because I'm actually really it's why I talk about I talk about spirituality a lot and I want to really emphasize that I don't want to be disparaging about it. I talk about it the way that someone talks about the Loch Ness monster. It's like something <laughs> I'm deeply interested in. <laughs> but you don't and really I, 
I don't understand it. And I don't know what it looks like or, or sometimes what it's supposed to be. But like, yeah. I, I believe it's real. <laughs> but yeah. I can't, t- I can't teach you about it because I don't get it. Yeah, but like Nessie is pra- real. We just haven't seen her. It's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's right. But for a practical theologian, that's rough because it's assumed that you that's kind of what you do because it's very human condition, you yeah. know, ish. And so I I do like the things that manage to to tap into me. And they're usually related to some sort of nostalgia, like or something that brings to life this sort of like you said on the pages like thing Mm -hmm. that I I learned way back in the day and I I really and you know I want to emphasize too other religions I mean if you're talking about Islam specifically has Mecca you know which is so foundational yeah I mean it's one of their pillars is that if you are able you are to visit Mecca yeah um and you know that we don't really have that i know like, and i think um like people are like yeah we'll go to jerusalem but it's not like foundational it's not foundational it's not required it's not like you're supposed mm-hmm. to do this thing i think too this is an interesting um thing i've seen and i look i don't know i i know that there's been kind of some amount of study of data of people who uh, switch from lower church into higher church Mm -hmm. and part of the reason is that they're drawn to these rituals and Mm -hmm. the the kind of experiential nature of it um and i i went when i was in scotland uh, when i lived in glasgow i went to a a scottish episcopalian church that was so it wasn't like the highest church in the world but it was pretty up there um incense and uh you know, a ton of ritual. We also at Easter would fire a glitter cannon and a portrait of the um, Virgin Mary. So <laughs> what? You would fire it at her? That's yeah, they had a glitter cannon and at the end of the service. They would fire the glitter cannon at, at Mary. That seems rude considering <laughs> like what rude. she's been what she's been through. <laughs> it was so great. But um but yeah it's it's that kind of longing I think that we have that's unfortunately been ignored in, in parts of Christianity because of this in hyper-individualized nature that Protestant Christianity tends to take on. So we yeah. can't tell you too many things to do because it's not about doing things. It's about believing, but like you should still do things, you know? Yeah, I th- and I think it's the Protestant anti-Catholic sort of push that we see in the Reformation was like, we don't yeah. need... We, we don't, don't need, need the buildings. We don't need any. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like you just threw the baby out with the bathwater. Why can't we have some of it? You know? Yeah. Like have, find a happy middle ground between yeah, me and it was, the more fun professor, I guess. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it was all, all <laughs> it was all, all head and no, no real heart. And I think the pilgrimages yeah. give you, you know, no matter where your pilgrimage is, I felt kind of like um, with Stuart when we went to, because we did the Star Cruiser um, at Disney, yeah. R.I.P. That, felt, that felt like a pilgrimage in a way, because like when he walked in, he yeah. just looked, he looked around and was like, it was I mean, like watching a child's dreams materialize and kind of like my Gethsemane, actually. Yeah. If you want to connect it to that in a secular way is that it was like all of his, 
his imagination that he had had watching it was like in front of him. Can you imagine if like if we got to go to the golf course that Hurley built and lost? Like no, yeah. Is that can we? Is that real? I don't know if it's still there, but it used to be. You used to be able to go visit it, and like, can you imagine? You and I would just like we just we we just wouldn't, but we would be like, oh my god. And we wouldn't leave, I don't think. We wouldn't. <laughs> they could they really missed a missed a trick doing the they could have done like a whole theme park. They could have. They really could have. Yeah. <laughs> um I do do you have any places that you want to visit that you think would be like on your pilgrimage? Um, I, I do. I do. I actually and I it's um, kind of a difficult one to do because it would involve um, some pre-planning research, but um, my mom's <laughs> grandparents, I mean, not that none of these would also. But... No, I know, but not that we're not able to re- do the <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it might be our, a thing that we are good at <laughs> right. research. Um, my mom's grandparents moved to the U.S. from what was at the time, Bohemia became Czechoslovakia and is now the Czech Republic. Um, and I've always wanted to be able to go back and see like where they were from, not just like go to Prague or something, but actually go to their towns. Um, because it's like my dad's family, like a lot of the US, like we came over for so long ago and kind of just, you know, mixed and and whatnot so there's not an actual are you okay like i know my nose is just pouring i'm like deeply interested in your story but you also sound like you're drowning i sound terrible you guys this i'm not sick i don't have any allergy i was fine until this drink and now he's allergic to martinis you should see me it's terrible um I'm like trying to hold it together as I'm just like dripping. Um, <laughs> the good thing we're not on video. <laughs> just visualize, visualize the drip. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the only kind of like ancestral place for my family that that could be visited. You know, like there's lots of story and and passed down family ideas about the Whaleys, but. Like my mom's family actually came from a place, you know, recently enough that I could go back. And I've always felt like that would be such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I meant to do it while I was over there because it would have been so much easier if I was starting in Glasgow. Um, but unfortunately, COVID ruined all sorts of plans. <laughs> right. But yeah. where do you want to go? Uh, mine's kind of sad. I was thinking about it as you're talking. Um, I've been to a lot of places. Yeah. Not, not to brag. <laughs> yeah. I know I've a lot been, of my boxes are already checked, but. <laughs> a lot. And that's a blessing about my students oftentimes ask yeah. me, like, how is that? And I'm like, because I'm a religion professor. Like, how'd you go to India? Because they asked me because I'm a religion professor. Right. So major in religion. There you yeah, go. Yeah. You get to do this. You get to do this. So, yeah. How'd you go to the Middle East? Because I was a religion major. Major, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it would be, again, hitting that nostalgia button. My great-grandparents uh, were um, I, Native peoples in the line. Uh-huh. And I don't talk too much about them because, again, it really starts, Elizabeth Warren really freaking 
she really there, ruined things for you. She really ruined it. And, but also <laughs> people are like, oh, my cousin. It's like me saying my cousin was played for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> but to be fair, you're also registered. I am indeed. And, and, and but I don't, I, cl- I put white on things. Like I'm not, yeah. trying to get, I'm not trying to get jobs or anything on that. Cause I don't, I don't see myself as a part of that group, Right. but uh, I wish I was. Cause but you are a little bit closer than Elizabeth Warren is. <laughs> I, I mean, I assume so. I, I don't, <laughs> but, but my great grandparents built this log cabin up on lookout mountain. That's in uh, Georgia. And I, because of just, uh, family dynamics if i'd had two martinis you guys would be hearing it all um (laughs) i (laughs) i don't have access to that cabin but it was also a part of a big farm and Uh i kind of grew up there and it's where so one of the cool things i remember about my great-grandfather is uh he had these little dolls that his mom had given them and they were dressed up like uh native peoples Uh and they they were tiny they're like the size of like your index finger And he used to carry them around with him. And I remember he would show them to me and just like little things, just very, very, the the whole thing experience was just very nostalgic and my cousins and everything up there. And I would love to one day have a ability to go back up to that cabin because my great grandfather was a carpenter actually. And so he built it himself. Yeah. 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 So, um, that whole that whole thing would be amazing and yeah give me i'll tell you all about it at beer camp. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing that happens it's like the hatfields and the mccoys basically it's not like yeah. no one murdered anybody or anything though i should say <laughs> so it's not quite like that yeah but, you know well, just di- dynamics so but i would love to be able to go back because i feel like it would it would be my grandfather told me through, there, yeah. there was a tree in the middle of a field and he was like one day I'm going to, my great-grandfather, and he said, I'm going to build you a house under that tree. Oh. We were riding on a tractor. And I was That's like. so sweet. Yeah. So I would my love My great-grandparents to... never learned how to speak English. So my interactions oh. with them were really just like trading food. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's the best. But... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of like, I want that connection to the the heritage. You know, like there's something about connecting back to your family that I think is also part of it. I, yeah, I think so. I think, and because we're Americans, like, I know very, very little about my family. Like, I know, for right. instance, my grandma's name was Mary Elizabeth Francisco. That was her name. And I'm like, okay, somebody was something back in there. You know? But, I mean, she was the southern lady from Georgia. Yeah. Like, I mean, and she never gave me any, any any information about that so I mean so I need to do one of those ancestry things I think yeah. just to get well, I mean yeah yeah my my oldest niece um the one who is apparently now a Kansas City fan and a traitor uh, <laughs> is also really um has done long quite live the Swifties <laughs> quite a bit of research on the Whaley's and oh, that's good. she has a lot of information we do have I will say and I I will make it over to this one. This is pretty easy, but there's a Whaley Abbey in England. Oh. Um, and apparently it is um, one of our ancestors that uh, was there. And so like, there's that kind of stuff that she's found out, but it just, it feels a little bit more like distance, you know, um, like the Whaley yeah. Abbey is not like, 
it doesn't that doesn't like like call to my heart in the same way that being able to pr- possibly go see where my great grandparents were from. Right. You know? And that's, yeah. and I don't want to go to like some like Cherokee, North Carolina or something <laughs> and be like, hello. <laughs> like I want, right. <laughs> right. They'll be like, okay, you're very, <laughs> you're white, like, you're very white. And I'll yeah, be like, there's a very specific experience that you want to have. And I yeah. Think like I, great. that cabin for me was just like, it's family, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And family, I think family for both of us is very important. It is. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, this, but I do want to, I want to learn a little bit more about the background because I really, you know, I was talking to Stuart and I, he was like, I'm Scottish. My mom's English. <laughs> My dad's Scottish. Easy for them. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but I think for you, your name is Whaley. My name is Robinson. <laughs> I know. You, you <laughs> I think I gave, up, I gave up because I remember one time someone was like, the reason I, I do sometimes mention my great grandparents is not because of the native thing, although it is cool. It's that it's the only one I know about yeah. <laughs> like all these different branches of yeah. people. Like I have no idea. Like my, one of my granddads was Baxter. I'm assuming that that's Scottish, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Cause the Baxter, good, yeah, it's not the Baxter soup is the only thing I know. <laughs> Maybe I'm a millionaire heir to the Baxter Soup Company. Oh my gosh, I hope so. <laughs> that would be amazing. But yeah, I so if you really have inheritance coming to you soon, uh, one can hope. One can hope. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've reached our point. Um... Yeah. Also, I have to go get another tissue. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Bless your heart. I think my cat's at my door trying to. Salem started to try to figure out how to open doors, and it's starting to be concerning. It is. He's he's tall. I'm gonna lose Penny to the children pretty soon here. She's okay. Barking at them, but um, but yeah, let us know in the comments where you want to take a pilgrimage to, or if you have, (laughs) because it may be more interesting than North Georgia mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Quite possibly. I'm All gonna right. try to eat this cherry too. I might die. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Godspeed. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.